Spoiler alert. This is a Dissecting Dexter podcast. Reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. Hi everyone, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host Gareth Watkins, and to be quite frank, I'm bloody freezing. It's got really wintry here in the UK, or certainly in this part of the UK, uh, in North Yorkshire, where I'm currently sitting in the car. Um, it's lunchtime, of course, and uh, I'm in the studio, um, and there is blizzard conditions around the car. Um, yeah, winter has closed in, and uh, it's snowy, it's cold, it's icy, it's just lovely. Um, but not to be put off, we're going to be talking about some Dexter today, of course. Um, before we get into uh, the latest episode, we've got a couple of things to, to go over. Um, let's take a quick look at last week's ratings. Uh, the numbers, uh, I should emphasise this is ratings in the US, of course. Um, the numbers are for the episode Take It, 2.11 million viewers, which is great. The ratings just keep creeping up. Uh, I just can't see season five being the end of Dexter, at least not going by the numbers. It may depend more on creative and whether they're whether they're ending the story this season, and or maybe they're keeping the fact secret. It, it, it'd be one of the best kept secrets in television, if so. And with only three episodes left, it's not much time to tie everything up and finish Dexter's story. I'd say season six would have to be on the cards, and it's well, it's just a matter of time before it's official. But that's just my feeling. Read into it what you will. I said in podcast a while back that my gut feeling was that season five would be the end. So, hey, what do I know? But we, but before we dive into the latest episode, let's just briefly get sidetracked by this. Listener feedback. Okay, so we've got a little feedback to cover for Take It uh, that came in after I'd recorded last week's episode. Um, but appreciate it all the same. I just wanted to go over it now before we move on to episode nine. Sharon from California writes, I thank you so very much for your podcast. I really get more out of the show and frankly can't believe I'm writing in. Not really my kind of thing, but I have a bit of food for thought. There is a formula of sorts in the show in that in each season, Dexter seems to find a complementary character, like the little circle rolling around from the missing piece, looking for the right completing piece. First we had Brian, then Lila. Miguel, not as much, and of course Trinity. Here are those who Dexter has found and recognised the dark side in them, and they seem to have seen the same in him and embraced it. Thing is, he lost each of these people and was left with a void, again with Miguel not so much. Trinity was more of a challenge, but he still felt they could learn from him, and the fact that he was left alive is, I boldly predict, the key to this season. I do see Lumen as a fine-tuned complement to Dexter. He's not guarded in any way with her. While we still see him playing the hero role with her as he has in the past, he understands her and she him, and more and more. Hall's expressions were exquisite the past two episodes. The emotion he's feeling is so overwhelming when he, that he appears light-headed. Where Lumen screams, fuck you, and he simply responds with a, wow. The look on his face was really surprising. I hadn't heard anyone comment on it. Much the same as he recounted his mother's murder. He seemed almost dizzy recounting it, as he never had before other than to us, the viewers. 
He's overwhelmed with finding his equal, as he stood there with that freaky lighting, presenting her with a sort of gift over a morbid altar. He committed to her by sharing those things and with no guard up, as is his standard mode. This is why I think she's absolutely going to die, maybe even without having completed her quest to get all the men in this group. And I think it will be Trinity that comes back and gets her. Ha! Bold, eh? One more note: Robocop dude is a cop. Just recently on suspension with a long history in the department, he has to remember the bags pulled out of the bay from the Bay Harbor butcher case, and that has to be setting off all sorts of bells and whistles for him. I see him going down by Quinn's hand. I think he'll threaten Deb, and I can't stand Quinn, but I do believe he really cares for and respects Deb. Whatever his other bad qualities are, he reads people well, and although we fans don't like him going after our decks, his instincts are right on. Sorry, this is so late, and I'll probably be proven wrong tomorrow. But I'm getting to these episodes late in the week lately. Keep casting, and I love the show. Your accent's awesome, Sharon. In the stink, in the stinking. Sorry, Sharon. In the sinking state of California. Oh dear, I've done it again. Everyone say it was the Australian impression last time, and now I've. Anyway,、uh, going to your point, Sharon. Thanks very much for writing in.、Um, first thing,、uh, I have to say, Trinity.、Um, Trinity was killed in the finale of last season's episode. It was maybe you didn't. I don't know, well, I, I, I don't know, but、um, I think you've got that. You've got that slightly skewed there.、Uh, so we certainly won't be、uh, seeing Trinity reappear.、Um, but you, you make some good observations about Dexter looking for a complementary character, someone to complete him, make him feel whole. He's he's talked a lot before. He, he's often mentioned about wanting to feel whole, be normal. Um, and Lumen does compliment him well.、Uh, whether she'll survive the season, I've speculated before. I, I, I don't think she will.、Um, but that's more really the fact that we've got a movie star in Julia Stiles playing her.、Um, I'm thinking maybe she's just signed up for a season. I'd like to be proven wrong. I'd like to see what they do.、Um, I'd like to see what they do with the relationship moving forward. There's not much more time left this season to explore that. Uh, you also comment on Michael C. Hall's expressions.、Um, his, his acting performance has been great again this season, and you're right that that、uh, that fuck you moment when he said he just responded with "Wow," yeah, I I thought that was great.、Um, like he couldn't quite、um, <laughs> couldn't quite、uh, believe that she was、uh, coming out with such a such a verbal assault at him.、Um, Robocop guy, yeah, Stan Liddy.、Uh, he should, yeah, he should remember the Bay Harbor butcher case, and maybe, maybe that's still to come. Thanks for your email, though. Much appreciated.、Uh, I had a, a message from Casper in Denmark, who's uh, commented uh, in the past. He says, "Hello, Gareth. Thanks for a great podcast. You make seeing season five even better. After a slow start, I think the season is getting better and better. You said in your podcast that you didn't think that Lumen would survive this season." I think that it's Dexter who won't survive. I don't trust Lumen, and I think she will turn on Dexter. But of course, I hope I'm wrong, and that we will get another season of Dexter. Thanks again for a super podcast. P.S. Where is Harry? Thanks, Casper. That's a very interesting theory that Dexter won't survive the season.、Um, I I I think the jury's still out as to whether Dexter will survive the series as a whole、uh, once it's all said and done.、Um, But well, as I, as I said in the introduction, 
I I still think we're we're heading for a season six, um, I, I, with three episodes left. I think there's there's more of Dexter's journey still to be uh, explored. Um, so I I don't think um, well I I do think Dexter will certainly survive this season, uh, and and my money's still on Lumen not surviving. But you know we'll see. It's it's certainly a very bold prediction that Dexter won't survive uh, this season. Um, who knows? We we still haven't had season six confirmed, so uh, let's let's see what happens. It's uh, going to be exciting to find out. And yeah, I I had also been wondering where Harry was. He'd, he'd been absent for a while, um, but of course he popped up in episode nine, and I'll talk about that in in my review. This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. Right, so season five, episode nine, Teenage Wasteland, written by Lauren Gussis and directed by Ernest Dickerson. Lauren Gussis has been involved with Dexter since season one, firstly as a staff writer, then as a story editor, before becoming a producer in season three. She's also credited as a writer of the early cuts animated episodes, for better or worse. Ernest Dickerson has directed a small number of Dexter episodes before, but is a well-travelled TV director, having worked on The Wire, Treme, Law and Order, Heroes, Burn Notice and The Walking Dead, to name but a few. Okay, it's review time. Let's go. It's funny, you know, how this episode was lifted for me from being decent to really good. Lifted by the last few minutes in which we had significant moments for both character and plot. I'm talking specifically about the scene in the car between Dexter and Aster, and that phone call at the end. The car scene's payoff is heightened by having had five years of Dexter's struggle with feeling normal human emotion, or as we realise it's more a case of recognising normal human emotion in himself, and then also struggling to express that. I don't mind admitting that it was a scene that brought a lump to my throat. I found it... I found it moving. But leading up to that, this episode... Well, we obviously had the return of Aster, pissed up with a friend, giving Lumen a bloody shock, and then setting Dexter's heart racing as he rushed home with a terrified Lumen hanging on the phone. That was nicely done. The shadow at the door really looked like a man. I didn't think it would be one of Jordan Chase's gang, but I did wonder who it might be. One of our emails last week predicted that the episode title Teenage Wasteland might refer to Aster returning, complete with teenaged angst. Writer gal, I think it was, so credit to her for that. I thought maybe it would refer to us learning about the early years of Jordan's gang, finding out about their activities as teenagers, but that's the fun of the preview segment in the podcast, just speculating what might happen next. I think they said Aster's only 12, but it's scary seeing her all tarted up, overloaded with makeup. She looked older, but then when the gloves were off, her stroppiness came back with a vengeance. I liked how Lumen was trying to help Dexter be a father figure to her, encouraging him to talk to her. Lumen's good for him in so many ways, whether they end up romantically linked or not at the end, she could still be a huge rock for him to lean on, and that can only be a good thing for him. The subplot of the friend being beaten by her stepdad was interesting. You could see Dexter wanting to leap to her rescue, I think, regardless of her being Aster's friend. Season 1 Dexter wouldn't have gotten involved. It's another indication of how far he's come, 
And the scene with Harry emphasised that when he told Dexter how proud he is of him, putting himself out to protect someone else. I'll play the clip because it says a lot. I can't believe it. I don't want to hear it, okay? This isn't your business, Dexter. Don't get involved, Dexter. You put too much at risk, Dexter. That's not what I was going to say. I'm proud of you. You are? You protected Astor. Put yourself out there for another person. I had no idea you had that in you. I underestimated you. Assumed you were a monster when you were capable. There's so much more. If only I'd seen that, maybe I wouldn't have led you down this path. I find it fascinating that Harry admits he maybe had Dexter wrong, and perhaps regrets pushing down the path that he did. This must have come as a shock to Dexter, thinking now that he may have always been capable of being normal, but was conditioned otherwise. Maybe Harry could have been able to steer Dexter down a different path. Although that said, we've seen from flashbacks in previous seasons that young Dexter was exhibiting some, some very dark tendencies and desires. Harry was in a difficult situation. I mean, what was the alternative? Not help Dexter see to his dark passenger and stay below the radar? Maybe Dexter then getting caught and going into the justice system? Maybe even facing the death penalty? Who knows, maybe he'd have come out the other side a different person. That is, if he'd gone into the justice system, not, not face the death penalty. But maybe that's a debate for another day, but I wonder what you guys think about that. Was there ever much of an alternative path for Dexter? What path... Well, what would that path have been? Harry obviously wrote him off as a monster that needed controlling, not a seriously traumatised human being with the potential to recover. It seems like this that make me wonder exactly what Harry is. I mean, if he was simply a ghost, surely Dexter would have been caught talking to him long ago. No. So it's safe to say he is in Dexter's head, 100%. But what does he represent? I th I've said I think he represents the Dark Passenger, but then he often speaks purely as Dexter's father, like we saw here. Giving Dexter the news that he's proud of him. Maybe he is the Dark Passenger, but the Dark Passenger isn't evil per se, isn't purely a monster. Again, I'd be interested to hear what your theories are about this. I'm not sure if the show's creators have ever addressed exactly what Harry is. This is outside the uh, the TV show itself, in interviews and, and what have you. Maybe if I get a bit of feedback about the issue, I'll delve more into it next week. It's interesting that Harry appeared this week, though, after a few weeks off. It makes me wonder what it is that triggers an appearance. There doesn't seem to be any real pattern to it. A friend on Twitter said it's always for a reminder that Dexter needs. And that's true. But there are plenty of times when he could have done with some guidance and Harry didn't appear. So, I don't know. We could have had a whole show dedicated to dissecting the whole Harry thing. Don't worry, I won't bore you with one, but there's certainly stuff to talk about here. OK, so I got seriously sidetracked there about talking about Harry when I was looking at the side plot of Asta's friend. Yes, her stepdad, was it, hitting her? Dexter was obviously worried about the potential for Asta to get, to get hurt, but I think he was primarily defending Olivia, and wasn't that a great moment in the alley? I did wonder where... was his name Barry? 
where he thought they were walking to when Dexter led him down the alley. But that was nice. <laughs> a nice little beating that he thoroughly deserved. And I like the commentary Dexter gave him, telling him which body parts he was hitting. That was no dark passenger or serial killer at work there. Just a father defending a child. Good on you, Dexter. And this obviously helped win Asta over. Something both of them needed. Asta was clearly in rebellion mode without an active parent. And it wasn't smooth sailing to the point when they had the scene in the car at the end. Harrison nearly screwed it up calling Lumen Mama, or seeming to. I love the wide-eyed look on her face, her eyebrows going up, realising what a colossal cock-up it was. And then we later realised, of course, it was... It was Harrison calling his toy Mama. Great relief, but how sad that he's turned a soft toy into Mum. Even if it is in a baby kind of way, this is how he expresses himself. It helped Hester later on when she realised this and that Harrison really wasn't calling Lumen mum. A pretty tricky situation was created with Asta catching Lumen living in her old family home in the first place. Deb was certainly dubious of the tenant's excuse and there isn't much of a missing link now between Deb hearing about Liddy's discoveries. Just one conversation is all it needs with Quinn and she'll have a few more questions for her brother. But we'll come to Deb in a minute because I want to finish up talking about Dexter's antics this week. So, to finish talking about family stuff, the scene with Asta near the end was really big for the character of Dexter. Proud of you. You are? Yeah. You put yourself out there for another person. I want you to know something. If Lumen's your girlfriend, I want you to tell me. Okay. But she's not. She's not just your tenant, though. She's a friend. It's been through some really... really bad stuff. I'm helping her deal with it. Does it make you feel better? What do you mean? About Mom. Being there for a limit. Does it make you feel better about what happened to Mom? I love you. You know that? You should commit. Say hi to Cody. I loved how he paused for a, oh, about ten seconds after Aster asked him about Rita. You could see him considering it, the cogs whirring in his head. I was surprised by his reply. I expected maybe a voiceover with him saying it does make him feel better, but instead he told Asta he loved her. This is only the second time we've heard him say those words. The first almost slipped under the radar until a listener pointed it out to me. He said, he said I love you to Harrison over the phone a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? When he said it to Asta, though, it really put a lump in my throat, knowing how much it must have taken him to say it. And I was thinking how far he's come from that emotionless man in season one. Dating Rita just for the facade of normality, her damaged past only serving to make it easier for him to be with her. As he and Asta walk into the house holding hands, he says in voiceover that what he wants most is to be a good dad. That resonated with me as a dad myself, but also that it felt to me like Dexter's character journey is almost complete. 
Okay, so elsewhere in the episode, Dexter is on the trail of Jordan Chase. I mentioned last week how I thought it was funny when Dexter was at Jordan's seminar and Jordan repeated a line Dexter had just said in his head. An hour on the treadmill and I came up empty, not a clue. Only upside is I got in my cardio for the day. Jordan is one tough nut to crack. You're one tough nut to crack, you know that, Dexter? I wish he'd stop doing that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I also like Dexter taking the sample of blood from Jordan's pendant. Very hastily done and completed within with milliseconds to spare before Jordan came back in. Although, of course, he wasn't quite efficient enough and Jordan realised his locker had been opened, leading us to the phone call at the end. How is Jordan getting his information about Dexter? Is he in touch with Liddy now, or does he have an investigator of his own? That was just great when he spoke to Lumen on the phone and called her by name. She knew full well who she was talking to, and you could see how petrified she was. And then when he called her by name, take care, Lumen. <laughs> Holy shit. Great cliffhanger. And good work by Johnny Lee Miller there, and of course Julia Stiles yet again. I'm sure she'll be getting some award nominations for this season, but I have to say, as much as I'm enjoying our guest stars, it's a shame when they so regularly out-act the regulars. With the exception of our good friend Michael C. Hall, of course. Whew, there's just so much to talk about in the episode. I didn't realise it as I was watching it, but now looking back, and as I talk about it, there's a lot to think on. This could well turn out to be the longest podcast yet at this rate. OK, so what else went on? Quinn, yeah, he declared his love for Deb in a fashion. He does seem to be genuine. OK, he didn't tell her the whole truth when he had to come clean about his suspension. He told Deb that, Deb that he dropped, uh, dropped looking into Dexter when it didn't come to anything, when of course we know this to be rubbish. He just paid someone else to investigate. And now he's trying to pull Liddy off the case. He doesn't seem to be the sort of guy who takes kindly to being messed with. Liddy, that is. But it's nice, I think. Nice that Quinn's trying to stop him digging into Dexter any further. Trying to protect Deb. That's good. So, maybe I can give him one of his brownie points back. As far as Liddy's concerned, he doesn't know what Dexter and Lumen were dumping in the sea. So a small relief there. and He doesn't have the full picture. But he gave enough to Quinn that it should have aroused his curiosity to want to dig more. Perhaps it did, but his apparent love for Deb stopped him delving any further. It's perhaps an interesting turnaround for Quinn, who I'm having trouble figuring out at the moment. Just when you think he's a douche, he does something decent, and then he's a douche again, and then he's out looking for Deb again. Who is this guy, and where do his loyalties really lie? Do the writers even know? Are these swings just plot devices that make for an inconsistent character? Okay, finally, Laguerre and Batista. No, 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 don't switch off. This is good stuff. OK, well, maybe not, but bear with me a sec. I liked how LaGuerta gave in to Deb and agreed to reopen the Barrel Girl case, although it didn't save Deb from further file room duty. And I was surprised to hear that Batista's honest report from the nightclub didn't make any difference. Surely if reports from two senior officers differed so wildly on such a key point, surely the powers that be would dig a bit to see who was telling the truth. Especially knowing that they're husband and wife. Manzone is lying to help LaGuerta, of course, but Deb would surely have made a report too, and hers would concur with Batista's. Wouldn't Batista and Deb equal more than LaGuerta and a rookie cop? I was a bit disappointed with that, and I'm hoping it wasn't just a cheap plot device by the writers. So, 
Overall, another strong episode, made all the better by those last few minutes. Some terrific character stuff from Dexter. Quite a milestone in his character journey there, with him stating all he wants is to be a good dad. Not wanting to get rid of his dark passenger, but something something completely unselfish. Just be a good dad to Asta, Cody and Harrison. Something all fathers would want, or should want, for their children. Listener Feedback Right, we've got a lot of feedback to get through this week. Bumper, bumper mailbag, shall we call it, and I'm very grateful. First, um, quick shout out to three new iTunes reviews that I've spotted. Thanks to Rakesh Lakani, who has uh, left a a five-star review. Thank you very much. Uh, He says that uh, he's referred the podcast to his friends and it's become part of their viewing ritual. And uh, he says he may leave a voicemail message in the future. Well, uh, I look forward to that, Rakesh. You're very welcome. And... uh, Thanks for your review. Thanks also to Chris Stamp, who uh, left a a five-star review, and to 420 Friendly, who also left a very good review. Thanks very much. Uh, They point out my dreamy voice um, as as being one of the the highlights of the the podcast. Uh, Well, I'm flattered. Um, I think a previous uh, review, I think it was Travis, mentioned my my soothing voice, so uh, mysteriously soothing voice, I think he put it, uh, which amused me. And... uh, uh, was was flattering at the same time, so um, thank you. On Twitter, uh, a few comments. W. Lee Nuttall um, commented saying, just found your podcast. I'm starting from episode 500.5, which I think was the, uh, the two-hour discussion I had with Heath and Donald where we uh, talked about uh, Dexter to date, really, the first four seasons and previewing season five. Uh, they go on to say, uh, superb mate, Dexter, best show by far. So thanks for that. Uh, Dex Deb commenting on episode nine, take it, saying it was fantastic. Uh, Whitney Green tweeted to say, I really enjoyed the podcast this week. I think your theories and opinions are spot on. Looking forward to more dissecting. Thanks, Whitney. Uh, and Ferret Bite, our good friend from Mexico, says of episode 508, um, absolutely spectacular episode. I'm really thinking we're headed for something big. Again, Mr. Lithgow's tweet pops to mind. You know the one where he mentioned about reimagination of the series while commenting on Lumen? Yes, I do indeed remember. And, uh, yes, John Lithgow was referring to uh, the inclusion of Lumen and the relationship with Dexter as a reimagining of the series. So, well, we'll see if she sticks around for the next season. Again, I'm assuming there's going to be another season. We'll see what happens. On to the emails now. First up, Andrew Gillies from London writes, Hi there, I've just discovered your podcast, having watched Dexter seasons one to five in the past couple of weeks. Wow, that is a marathon. (laughs) I love both shows. One thing that gets me is that Dexter is such a neat and careful monster, but he continually fails to spot surveillance. Sure, he sometimes noticed Dokes following him and the FBI protection detail, But if you ever read Barry Eisler's terrific John Rain series, which I highly recommend, by the way, you'll know that a surveillance detection route is pretty easy to do. Dex manages to miss the cameras that Lundy had installed, not to mention Liddy. For example, to be able to photograph Dex and Lumen in Dex's boat, Liddy must have either followed them to the marina in his corvette or have been set up with his giant camera for ages. Dexter should have spotted either. 
I know it works for the plot, but you just have to think that someone as careful as Dex would make that kind of surveillance. Anyway, please keep up the good work. I don't usually follow podcasts, but I'm enjoying yours. Thanks, Andrew. Glad to have you on board. And as I say, I just interjected that little comment. That was quite a marathon. Um, catching up on... Uh, oh, you put Dex seasons one to five. You must mean one to four. No, you mean one to five, of course. <laughs> oh, dear, I need some food. I'm a bit... My blood sugar must be low. Apologies. Yes, of course. You've caught up to Dex during the last couple of weeks. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, quite a marathon, but I bet you've enjoyed the ride. Um, you're right. For someone so careful and meticulous as Dexter, you would have expected him to be a bit more a bit more cautious about watching his back as he's going from A to B, especially with body parts in the boot of his car. Um, you're quite right to point that out. I, I talked last week about... Um, Dexter being caught dumping Cole's body parts in the ocean and how Liddy was able to obtain those photos. Dexter was shown in the past to, after the Bay Harbour business, to uh, change his method and dump the body parts straight into the Gulf Stream, way offshore, way out to sea. Um, so has he, has he got slack now and he's dumping them closer to shore? Because Liddy was sure able to get those photos pretty easily. Um, whether it's a plot device or not, I don't know. Um, but uh, it's certainly, on the face of it, it certainly looks like Dexter's getting a bit slack in that regard. Thanks for the email, Andrew. Writergal has written in again. She writes... Uh, oh, actually, maybe I should have talked about this um, when I was discussing Episode 8 feedback, because she starts by saying, haven't watched Episode 9 yet, but did listen to your podcast on Episode 8 and wanted to add a comment. So many viewers, and some podcasters, but not you, seem to be missing the point of Dexter. He is not an actual psychopathic serial killer. If he were, he'd never be able to have feelings for anyone, period. He would be completely unsympathetic, and only psychopaths would watch the show. As we've discussed before, when Dex calls himself a monster, he's being an unreliable narrator. He's not a psychopath. He's a deeply traumatised individual who keeps replaying violence to try and set to rights the murder of his mother. In this season, we heard him say that when Rita died, none of his killing makes any sense anymore, i.e. he'd learned that no matter how many bad people he killed, he still couldn't protect the nurturing figure in his life. But now, with Lumen, he's seeing that maybe he can make a difference, but maybe his dark passenger will become less demanding. After all, early on in the series, he admitted that all he ever wanted was a normal life, to be normal. This series isn't about a serial killer, it's more about the evolution of a character, from barely human in season one, which gave us the backstory, to searching for help in season two, to searching for a friend in season three, to finding love and family in season four, to finding a true soulmate in season five, and hopefully finding wholeness in season six. I don't think season three was the worst. It was awkward, maybe, but so were my teen years. Dexter was awkwardly stepping out to try and find a friend. He's always seeking connection, and that's a very human and unpsychopathic thing to do. I think, I hope, Lumen is, forgive the pun, going to be the light at the end of his dark tunnel. I don't think this next bit is a spoiler because it's been out there all along, but in the first Dexter book, at the end of the Ice Truck Killer saga, Deb learns the truth about Dexter and LaGuerta dies. Seems to me that'd be a fitting end to the TV series as well. After all, when Deb told Dex that she didn't feel at all bad about killing the bad dude in the nightclub, he had to realise that she's normal, yet she feels just like he does. So maybe he's more normal than he's realised. 
That's it. Thanks, as always, for an entertaining show. And thank you, Writer Gal, for another brilliant email. Your insight is, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm almost uh, humbled uh, and in awe, really. Um, I wonder what you do for a living, because you, you, you do, um, you do analyse uh, Dexter's character um, in some depth, and, and I think very accurately, because your observations make complete sense, and I've talked before about the show being about Dexter's personal journey and his 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 character journey and his quest to be normal essentially and uh, and in this latest episode he's come out and said outright to us that uh he just wants to be a good dad so really he's he's almost moved on from just being normal now he he just wants to be a good dad and and that's 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 that is normal that's a normal human desire a normal wish for any father um and i speak from experience i don't think dex is a psychopath he's described himself as a monster harry has called him a monster in the past and harry in his appearance this week it's it's dawned on him um within dexter's head is his dark passenger starting to uh, subside um that uh that harry had dexter pegged wrongly um quite a realization that maybe dexter has just been a normal human all this time just severely traumatized and maybe with the right help maybe with uh psychiatric help early on um he could have been saved all these years of needing to kill or perceiving that he needed to kill it's quite something i i, I said in my review that this was quite a milestone episode this week for Dexter's character and his personal journey. So thanks again for writing in, Writer Girl. Um, much appreciated. I look forward to more of your comments uh, in the future. Victoria from Scotland has emailed in. Hey Gareth, was aimlessly searching iTunes last week and came across your Dissecting Dexter podcast. I very much enjoyed it and will be definitely listening to them every week from now on. Thought I'd throw in my thoughts on season five so far. The last couple of episodes have been much better and hopefully will save the series as at the moment, apart from season three, it is my least favourite. The storyline is building up nicely and hopefully the next couple of episodes will have some exceptional twists. I find it hard to believe that any season will top season four. I mean, wow, it was just amazing and the death of Rita at the end was a complete surprise. My thoughts on the Dexter and Lumen will-they-won't-they fiasco. Personally, I don't want them to get it on. Dexter has just lost his wife, and although Lumen sees Dexter for what he is, or does, she is much too fragile for any relationship. Lumen has been passed around the gang, from Chase to Cole to Boyd to Dan the Dentist and others in no particular order. She has been raped and abused countless times and is physically and mentally scarred. Do you really think she is going to want to get it with Dexter? After being raped multiple times... I personally don't think so. I agree with you when you said you didn't think she would outlive the series. She may still be alive, but she won't be in the next season. I mean, no one who knows about Dexter's Dark Passenger stays around for a long time. Brian Moser, dead. Miguel Prado, dead. Dokes, dead. There's probably more, but I can't remember. Keep up the good work. P.S. LaGuerta is a bitch. I hope she gets fired soon. Angel to replace her, maybe. Thanks, Victoria. Glad you enjoy the show and that you've uh, you've started downloading. Um, and thanks for your email. Um, season five. Well, I've I've talked about where I'm at with season five, and I'll 
I'll talk again briefly at the end of the podcast. Um, I'm not going to attempt to rank it again until uh, until the very end. But I think I think this has been a, a a very significant season for Dexter's character for many reasons. Um, and for that, uh, I would certainly put it head and shoulders above season three. Um, but we'll talk more about uh, about where the season stands at the end. I think I think that's fair. Um, will they? Won't they? Dexter Lumen. They're obviously getting very close. They have uh, a very deep mutual understanding. Will they get romantically linked? Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Lumen's not going to want to enter into a uh, a sexual relationship anytime soon. I'm sure, and understandably. But Dex has never really been. He's never really been that into uh, the sort of bedroom shenanigans, has he? Um, certainly at the beginning. Uh, I mean, he's, we've we've seen him, uh, uh, you know, get a bit jiggy jiggy at different times. But um, I don't think he'll mind if uh, uh, just to keep the relationship purely platonic. Uh, and I think he'll get a lot out of it without the uh, the physical side. I, I think um, they'll be very good for each other. Uh, without all that so whether that comes along down the road is is by the by i don't think it's relevant um it doesn't matter i think they're still good for each other uh, as things stand now moving on travis has written in again from california um he says in my humble opinion i would have to say that this episode was the best of season five here are some in brackets unoriginal thoughts i had on it are you putting yourself down, Travis? <laughs> Don't do that, mate. OK, Travis's points. I would have thought that Deb would have been a little more upset or offended when she suspected Dexter of being romantic with Lumen. As she said, she is, of course, in no position to judge Dexter about that sort of thing, but perhaps she would owe it to the memory of Rita to speak up about it if she truly suspected Dexter of doing that. Speaking of Deb, apart from her finding out about Lumen, she also found out about Quinn's suspicion of Dexter. That was a great plot twist. This is also this is making me all too nervous. Call me a softy, but for me that was one of the most touching scenes when Dexter told Aster he loved her. This marks the first time he's told a living person that he's loved them. Deb hasn't even been given this privilege. I'll have to admit I did feel a little cheated that we didn't get to see Cody when Dexter walked to the house. What? Could they not afford his huge salary demands? He would have been so happy to see Dexter and little Harrison. And what about that scene where Dexter laid the smack down on Olivia's father? What an awesome scene. The way it was lit reminded me of season one immensely. <coughs> oh, excuse me. If he's not careful, Quinn may be the one to kill Liddy before Dexter gets a chance to. This season is, of course, getting better and better. But that happens every season at this time. I look forward to hearing yours and others' thoughts about this fantastic episode. And then Travis adds a PS. I would be interested in briefly hearing your thoughts about season three sometime. In the Dexter community, I feel there is a lot of season three hate out there. And even you said it last week, it's the weakest season, even compared to five. As an adamant season three lover, I feel I sometimes have to defend it. But I'm genuinely curious to see why you feel, to see why you feel the way you feel. Don't worry, I'm not going to give you an argument over it. It is your show after all. Thanks, Travis. Good to hear from you again. Um, well... Yeah, it's my podcast, but um, just because it is doesn't mean I'm right about everything. Um, my feelings on season three, it's just an opinion. 
um and obviously it's it's my voice that you get to hear uh but in this feedback section that's where you get a chance to have your say so um if you want to uh you know speak up about season three and um maybe talk about why you loved it so much then then yeah please do I, I'd, I'd be glad to hear what you think uh and maybe be persuaded to uh lessen my my Maybe soften my feelings about it. I would say that I didn't hate season three. I enjoyed it, but standing alongside the other four seasons, uh, it comes out at the bottom of the pile. Um, that's not to say I thought it was shit. Um, far from it. There was plenty of good stuff in there. Um, OK, let's have a look at your points. I did print out your email. Um, so if you hear rustling of paper, that's why. Um, yeah, Deb did walk away from... Uh, that conversation about Lumen, um, you could see in her eyes though she uh, she was there's a little bit of hostility there, and, and Deb certainly isn't someone you'd want to cross. Um, she uh, yeah she she's certainly not one to hold back, but maybe she felt it prudent to uh, just quietly walk away and leave it, uh, which is of course what she did, and and maybe that's a little bit out of character for Deb. Uh, she normally engages mouth before brain, doesn't she? Yeah, she's found out about Quinn's suspicion of Dexter. Uh, as I said in my review, there's there's only a if there's only a small step, a small gap between that and and her putting together, um, putting it together with everything else she knows about Dexter, um, before she'll have some very very serious questions to ask of him. And well, maybe that's not too far down the road. The scene with uh, Dexter and Esther, yeah, that was that was a very a very touching and moving moment, and um, it wasn't lost on me. It certainly put a lump in my throat. Um, it's actually, as far as I know, it's the second time he's told a living person that he's loved them. The first one being Harrison a couple of weeks ago. But as I said, it it, it kind of slipped under the radar, and uh, only one listener um, spotted it. Uh, it passed me by. Um, and uh, it was it took a listener to to point it out to me. Um, so, yeah, second time that he said it, but perhaps the more significant. It would have been nice to have seen uh, that moment when Dexter walked in, and uh, uh, Cody was would have no doubt been ecstatic to see him and Harrison, uh, especially to see uh, Dexter holding hands with Asta. Um, guys kind of feeling a bit emotional thinking about it do excuse me blimey do i need a tissue no it's not that bad uh let's move swiftly on yeah great scene um dexter duffing up uh that uh olivia's uh, dad or stepdad yeah great scene um quinn may be the one to kill liddy before dexter gets a chance to i is dexter going to find out about liddy at all he probably will at some point um whether there's time for him to uh, research enough uh, and get Liddy on his table, I don't know. Maybe Quinn will be the one. Um, but then, of course, that will play into Dexter's hands for future <laughs> for future purposes. Who knows? Um, next email. Thanks, Travis. Next email is from uh, Abe in Mexico, also known as Ferret Bite on Twitter. Who, uh, of course, he, I, met, I read a tweet out from him earlier on. Abe writes, "What an episode." Other than the fact I find it strange how Dexter manages to have a progressive relationship with a dead person, it was near perfect. Well, that and Asta dressing up like a teenage 
Sorry, dressing up like an underage prostitute and being lamer and more annoying than before. Didn't think it was possible. Julia Stiles, how I love her in that role of Lumen. I'll be sad if my prediction of her taking the fall for Dexter comes true, because she just belongs in there. Proof? Dexter was comfortable around Rita because she was in her own way as fucked up as he was. Sound like someone we know? Her look upon hearing Harrison say Mama was priceless too. This season's underrated gem? Robocop Liddy. He may be a prick, but he's bad news for sure. And I think we only overlook him because he came in as a minor subplot through some of our less than favourite characters. In fact, I expect him to be the centre of attention in the last two episodes, with Mr Chase becoming just another bloody souvenir and the focus shifting to Liddy's hunt and hopefully failure to catch our happy couple. Thanks, Abe. Um, some good points in there. Um, Dexter having a progressive relationship with a dead person. Yeah, I mean, it... it it boils down to exactly what Harry is. I think we can safely say he's not a ghost. Um, and he's just in Dexter's head. But, I don't know, maybe it just it just boils down to Dexter's head. Just how messed up it is from the trauma he suffered. Seeing, you know, going back to his, his childhood trauma. Um, that he's got these compartments in his head. He's talked about his, his mind and his life. Well, no, he talked about his life being compartmentalised, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, boxing up his stuff at, at the house. Uh, but his mind is compartmentalised too, surely, um, with his dark passenger and his his uh, his, his killer side. Um, so, I mean, his he's, he's head's messed up, isn't it? And, and this whole Harry thing is, is a manifestation of that. Um, but maybe the progressive nature of it is an illustration of how Dexter's slowly healing and getting to that better place. Julia Stiles, yeah, I also have really enjoyed her as Lumen. Whether she'll take the fall for Dexter, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, last season, the writers showed that they can pull some enormous unseen surprises out upon us. Um, and, and maybe there'll be some unpredicted surprise or major shock still to come this season. Um, I'm sure we're in for some fun and games uh, and some surprises, uh, and I look forward to it. Uh, Peter Weller, yeah, he's been great as, as Liddy. Yeah, he's definitely a prick and bad news. Uh, and that could come, your, your prediction could come true that the last couple of episodes will be um, Liddy getting closer to finding out the truth about Dexter, and, um, and maybe Dexter getting him on his kill table. I don't know. It, I, I can't wait to find out. It's, it's going to be good. Right, email from Paris Hardy in Alabama who writes in again to say So, right off the bat, we're led to believe we're going to finally learn about Jordan's past. Wrong. We're blindsided by a break-in at La Casa Dex by none other than a petulant and drunk Aster and her friend. I was more than a little perturbed by her return to say the least. It did provide some hilarity when Aster accused Dexter of finding a girlfriend so quickly in Lumen. Loved the scene when Dex, Lumen and Harrison were in the kitchen and she advised Dexter to share something with his daughter and he replied, I killed my neighbour's dog at her age. Well, don't tell her that. <laughs> Very funny to see these two so comfortable around each other. Moving ahead, Quinn seems to have jumped the shark in blurting out his feelings for Deb. He should know by now she doesn't go for mushy declarations. I was also glad to see his dirt get brought to light and that Deborah didn't just jump on board. 
His blowing off Liddy is definitely going to come back to bite someone. I have a feeling either Dexter or Quinn will have to take him out, or the evidence he's collected is going to fall into the hands of someone higher up. Interested to see where that goes. Deborah's reaction to Lumen was priceless. I was actually scared for her for a moment. Jennifer Carpenter has this very understated way of using her eyes to let you know she's about to kick your ass. The scene with Dexter's man-to-man -man with Olivia's stepdad has to be the best of the season, right after episodes, episode 1's bathroom meltdown. Way to go, Dex. The final shot of Lumen and Jordan on the phone shows that he won't be so easily dispatched. Overall, this episode felt like a bridge to set up the final three. Something huge is going to happen. Can't wait. Happy holidays. Thanks, Paris. Yeah, you make some good points there. Um, definitely this is a bridge into the final three episodes. Um, I think the pieces are in place. We're approaching the end game for the season. And it's going to be good. It's going to be a fun ride. Quinn seems to have jumped the shark. Yeah, possibly. He's been this tough nut all along. And um, he's revealing his <laughs> he's revealing his soft, gooey side. Uh saying he loves Deb uh, and of course she's not uh, she's not the most romantic person in the world she doesn't go for that all for that slushy shit um, so uh, her reaction wasn't surprising just leaving the apartment without saying goodbye or anything that was uh, that was typical Deb um, and I give Quinn a bit of credit for blowing off Liddy and um, and not following through with that investigation when quite clearly there's uh, there's stuff to be uncovered um, and, and really Quinn as a policeman should have, uh, have maybe, maybe had an obligation to, to follow through with that. But he's arguably putting his, his apparent love for Deb first. So, well, the romantics amongst us should say, uh, way to go Quinn. Uh, yeah, I also, uh, like that comment where Dexter says about killing his neighbor's dog at her age. That was good. That was a nice little exchange. And, um, gave me a chuckle uh, last email from our friend Matt Humphrey in Canada who writes pretty sweet episode on Sunday don't you think I absolutely love when suspicion is on Dexter the show is at its best when the possibility of Dex's secret is in danger of being revealed that's probably why season 2 is my favourite but this season is shaping up to be a close second if the pace and stakes keep accelerating like they have been this may end up being number 1 for me Hopefully the last few episodes don't fizzle out. As for the events in the episode itself, I was expecting there to be repercussions to Dexter attacking the abusive stepdad, but it seems like that wrapped itself up neatly. Also, was it just me, or did it look like Dexter was about to cry when he was sitting on the couch with Asta? Especially the one line, You can't speak to me that way. Pretty sure his voice cracked, and there were some watery eyes wonder if that was an intentional choice, or if Michael Hall accidentally put too much feeling into that scene. Normally Dexter doesn't get that emotional. Seems odd he'd be so upset over this little thing when so much worse has happened to him in the past. There was so much in this episode I can't even remember all that happened. I just know I came away from it knowing my obsession with this show has been justified. Dexter is just awesome. Thanks, Matt. I have to agree with you um, on many points there. Dexter... The show is definitely at its best when Dexter is in jeopardy and in danger of being found out. That that whole season two storyline was uh, was really great, um, and this season he 
he isn't aware that he's in such jeopardy. Uh, but we as viewers know that the... Well, Liddy, I was going to say the net, but Liddy is, is closing in. And um, maybe Liddy's seen enough now that um, he's, he's, he's hooked on, on the trail. He knows there's something big here. Um, you know, he's, he's surely been a policeman many years. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's got all that experience and all that instinct. He's, he's, he's sniffing the trail, isn't he? And uh, he's, he doesn't seem keen to let it go, whether Quinn's paying him or not. You mentioned the scene sitting on the couch with Asta. Yeah, he did look emotional. And I think it was last week um, I mentioned about uh, that Dexter was looking looking more emotional. I, th I can't remember what, this, what the moment was now. That's bad of me, isn't it? Um, you guys may remember the, the scene uh, from last week. Um, I think I think it's just an illustration, another illustration of where Dexter is now as a human being. I honestly think, well, he's, he seems to be getting more, much more closer to being a perfectly normal human being than he's ever been. He's getting closer to it all the while. And I honestly think his character journey is nearly complete. You know, I'm, I'm pleased for him. We've, we've followed, his, his character arc has been the big thing throughout the whole five seasons. Um... Mind you, that said, of course, when his journey's complete, is that going to be the end of the series? Quite possibly. Um, but it would be good to end with him successfully curing. Shall we say curing? Is that the right word? Uh, his dark passenger. That's got to be the, f the, the conclusion. And whether that will coincide with tragedy, whether it will coincide with Deb finding out about what he's been up to, I don't know. It would be, it would be a cruel twist. And... Uh, the show has not been afraid of the odd cruel twist as we saw last season with Rita so that could well be the final conclusion with with the final tragedy it would be an, an ironic twist of fate but thanks for your email Matt um, thanks to everyone who's written in this week and tweeted and, and left reviews if you want to email in yourself the email address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com or the voicemail listener lines in the US, it's 206-350-6166. And in the UK, it's 0844-579-6949. And then you enter mailbox number 08320 when the voice prompts you. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, at Dissect Dexter, or my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore UK. <laughs> Next time on Dissecting Dexter. As always, quick spoiler alert. If you want to know absolutely nothing about the next episode, episode 10, then please just skip forward a minute. This is just a very quick preview talking about the online synopsis, just uh, sort of the two or three sentence synopsis of the next episode. I've not seen the video preview. OK. The synopsis goes, while on the trail of Lumen's former attackers, Dexter stumbles onto a possible ally. But when the homicide unit finds evidence linked to one of Dexter and Lumen's earlier victims, they are forced to throttle back. Meanwhile, Deborah fingers two more suspects in the Barrel Girls investigation. Now, I'm very intrigued by this. Obviously, we're now three quarters through the season, so not much time left to wrap things up. I think we can expect the pace to start picking up a bit more, but who is this ally they refer to? 
My money's on this Emily Birch, the girl whose blood was in Jordan Chase's pendant. But I wonder what her relationship to Jordan is. She's obviously important to him that he'd wear her blood around his neck. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, and the homicide team find evidence of Dexter and Lumen's, or one of their earlier victims. Will that be Boyd, Cole, or Dan the Dentist? Dexter's been here before, though, where he's having to stay one step ahead of the police in the hunt for someone, but it sounds like he has to put the brakes on here. And Deborah fingers two more suspects. I'm sure that means she identifies two suspects more than anything else. <clears throat> Perhaps Dexter's ears will prick up and add these names to his own target list. Not much time left in the season, though. Three episodes. Time is short. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. So, season five, we're on the, we're on the home straight now, aren't we? Three episodes left. Blimey, there really isn't much time left to, uh, to wrap things up, and apparently still a lot to do for for Dexter and Lumen. So, um, as I said at the beginning, I, I, I think the pace is really going to start picking up more now, uh, and that's a good thing. Um, the season is, well, I I like I like how the season's going. Um, I've said it before, you know, I, I I did have my, I was a little bit sceptical earlier on in the season when things were chugging along, but obviously when the pace does pick up and we start to get some payoff, we appreciate that, that set up all the more. I should, <laughs> I should have known better, I'm a big fan of the show The Wire, and that just epitomises the slow burn of a TV show, but just superb quality and so when you do get a payoff you appreciate all the little pieces of the puzzle that uh, have been revealed to us um, through that sort of slow build-up um, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not comparing Dexter with oh, I suppose I am comparing Dexter with the wire um, but only very superficially um, but still that you I mean it's like comparing chalk and cheese uh, but yeah I'm loving this season I'm enjoying it um, I'm, I'm fully on board um, I'm not going to start comparing it with other seasons again until we get to the end, uh, and then we'll review and see where we are. So that brings us to the end of another podcast. Uh, it's been been quite a long one. Um, we've had loads of feedback this week, and uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, not just those who've emailed in, the iTunes reviewers. It really makes a difference to me. Um, I, I, as I say, I can't thank you enough. Um, please do keep it coming. Right, so we'll be back in a week's time with another podcast reviewing episode 10. In the meantime, thanks very much for listening and for your continued support. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'll speak to you soon and we'll dissect some more Dexter. Take care, guys. Cheers. <laughs>